Hey everybody, this is your host, Eric Simone, and I wanted to thank you for listening today. This podcast is all about life struggles and the relatable human stories that provide hope and encouragement to us all. You are not alone, and whatever you're going through in life, I hope this podcast uplifts you and encourages you to pursue Jesus and rest in his peace. Hey everybody, thank you so much for coming back and listening to episode two. Now, during the first episode, I was able to share with you my testimony and how I got healed from Tourette syndrome and the journey that I've been on ever since. And so for episode two, I'm going to be interviewing my very own mother and hearing her side of the story when I got healed. So I hope this blesses you. I do apologize for the interference that you're going to hear during the interview. I'm not sure if it had to do with the app or the the service that we had on the phone. Either way, it's an amazing story and I hope you're blessed by it. Here it is. When was the first time you noticed I had funny movements, you know, that, um, when I was diagnosed with Tourette's? What, what did it look like to you? Well, you were in a daycare center and uh, they complained about you. We were getting notices. Parents were telling the teachers and the teachers were talking to us and wondering what was wrong that you had to behave the way you did. When you were about four and a half or so, we took you to a neurologist to find out why you were doing that. You kept wanting to touch people. You weren't hurting them or anything. You were just touching them and, and um, saying things and repeating words and just not acting normal like a normal child should. And you'd complain that your arms hurt you um, in your own way because you were just a little kid. But you would show us that it hurt, your arms hurt because you were jerking involuntarily making movements all the time so when we took you we had you tested and they told us you had Tourette's syndrome and they said it usually you could either grow into it as an adult or you could grow out of it and in your case you grew into it so um, we didn't they didn't really have any any um anything that they could really give a child for Tourette's syndrome it wasn't really recognized as a true disability at that time or any kind of, uh, you know, assistance in school or anything. They just didn't really know what to do with children with Tourette's. It was kind of new to everybody and it was so multifaceted. I mean, there were other things that went along with Tourette's like obsessive compulsive disorder, attention deficit disorder. So in school, when you started school, they didn't quite know where to place you. And they only had behaviorally challenged classrooms. They really didn't know where to put you, and you ended up in a behaviorally challenged class, which at the time wasn't good. I mean, it was it was regressing you. And they told us the neurologist when they tested you said you were a gifted child, and if we had the chance with the money, we should send you to a gifted school, which was outrageously expensive, which we couldn't afford. So we had to work with the public school system and send you where we had to take you. We tried to keep you in a, a Christian school so that um, you would be more more um, restricted to the class size and maybe they could work with you better because we were Christians, you know, trying to bring you up the right way. We thought it would be a better environment, but that didn't work so well because they weren't prepared for like a public school where they could offer assistance to children with uh problems, you know, any disability. So they didn't know how to handle it and you ended up going to public school anyway. What were some of the main struggles as I got older and my tics got more aggressive, I guess? What do you remember as being some of the highlights of um, what we went through together and why I went through? 
you had both what they call motor tics and vocal tics. You had a little bit of both. So motor tics are you were involuntarily um, jerking or moving or um, which caused you pain and spasms and muscle problems and um, um, things like shouting or uh, those were vocal tics. You would shout or you would repeat words or um, or you, you did a lot of obsessive compulsive things like counting down before you could do something and you have to start all over and it affected your studies and and your concentration and and um, you started uh, failing at your grades because you couldn't concentrate and the teachers were, really didn't know how to deal with it. They assumed you were having behavior issues until we found one school that we moved you from school to school and we found one school that um, had a teacher that taught gifted children, which mm-hmm. changed your way of working. But when she retired, everything went backwards. You kind of regressed again. And as far as the uh, motor tics, I said you did a lot of um, shoulder jerking and you would pull your muscles and your neck would jerk back. And um, the particular tick that you developed over the years that became a dangerous tick and was something to be very concerned about was the fact that um, it would... Um, injure your spine to the point you might become paralyzed. And you were right around, I want to say, maybe 16, 17 years old. And it was growing. You were getting worse and worse as as you were getting older because you would have um, episodes of um, suddenly you develop a tick out of nowhere where you trip over yourself and you trip and fall. And when that happened, you were usually in school and the teachers would recognize that it wasn't safe for you to be there. So they would uh, have to work out a system for you to be schooled from home. So you were homeschooled during the time your tics would exacerbate and become worse. So you would um, stay a week or two at home and then uh, however long it took for that tick to pass and then they would get you back in the school system, which was very frustrating. It was very hard for you to be in school, and it was. I said there really was no, no program for children with Tourette's, and no real medical things that they could do for you that were uh, anything, any kind of a cure. Nothing. We we had you on medication, but all it did was dull you. You said, and it um, some of it um, made you feel sick. Some of it gave you a restlessness or made a tick worse. And there wasn't much out there, but they were trying. And I said there was no real placement. So it was it was difficult dealing with it from every angle. What sparked you to go on this tear to, to, to praying over me? And, 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 and you know, because you decided that I wasn't going to live at that the rest of my life. How did you do it? We moved next to a Christian neighbor who introduced us to the Bible. He told us stories about Jesus. He, he sat and read with us. He invited us to his church. And as time grew, I mean, we went many years we started going to his church and um, got to enjoy going and got to learn how to read the Bible. And he told us a testimony about his son, who was eight or nine at the time, and how he healed him through scripture um, of having seizures. And I thought that was awesome. And he was a very dedicated man of the Lord. And I, I was I was new at all this, but and I never had a child before with a disability, so I wasn't really sure what I was doing. I was taking it in, but I guess not. Uh, it wasn't until one day we came into the church, and I guess I was talking to our pastor, 
about you and about your problem. And he said to me something like, don't look to me to heal your son. You have the power within you through the Holy Spirit. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. I didn't realize that that was possible. So when I heard that, something in me went off. And I realized I had had to be on a mission to help you because nothing else was working. We were at our wit's end. We were frustrated and you were suffering so badly that I did not want you to be paralyzed and I didn't want you hurting anymore. When the pastor said that to me, I took it and I ran with it. And I said, Lord, if, if, if I'm able and responsible enough that the Spirit can use me to get to my son, I want to know how to do that. So I, I, be, I went on a mission to find all the healing scriptures that I could. And I rebuked the devil and I religiously every day, every night, stood over your bed and I prayed the healing prayers. I rebuked the devil so that uh, you could sleep because it got to the point where you were so handicapped that you were thrashing like a demon-possessed person, thrashing so badly that you were so sore and, and, and there was no way to help you. All we did was buffer your, your, um, your thrashing around like with the couch. We'd either lay you on the couch and you'd beat up the couch back and forth or we'd lay you on the bed and you'd, you'd roll from one end to the other. And I just decided in my head, you are going to be well. God is going to make you well. So I said, I prayed. I learned as much as I could about the scriptures. And I read by the nightlight every night while you were in bed. I don't know how long it took. It just took until I would say, Lord, please let him sleep. And the devil would leave us alone. So you'd get a good night's sleep. And then you'd start up and it would start all over. We used to have family Bible time every night. And we never left our home or left, you know, we didn't have, you know, much of a, a life outside of home because we were busy dealing with our issues. And one night we decided, um, our friend who taught us about the, about the Bible, and he had a friend that he used to visit that we knew from the church. They invited us over to play a game of pool and just sit around the house and talk. So we went out. That night we came home from visiting. It was 11, around 11 o'clock at night. And you didn't want to read, but I said we were going to have Bible study because I couldn't go to bed without it. It became a way of life already, and I needed to do that. So we made you go get your book, and you were reluctant, and you were—you had attitude, and, and you really didn't believe in all this. And I know you didn't understand what was happening, but, but I made you do it anyway. I was like interceding for you, hoping that, that you'd understand it one day. And that it would work because I, I said I was on a mission and I knew in my heart because I had already put a mindset in there that this is going to work. If um, other people got healed in the Bible or could heal others and, set, and the Lord sent the apostles out to go and forgive and heal, I figured why couldn't I? So I did. I, I set out on a mission. So as we were all were reading that day, um, came to you to read and as you were reading, your, your voice used to uh, stutter and used to, that was one of your tics, stuttering and, and not being able to read through something. And as you were reading, you became calm and you read everything perfectly clear and we could hear you, the transition, the change of it. And you got excited because you became aware of it. 
And you said, Mom, do you hear that? And I said, yes. And you said, can I read that again? And we said, yes. So we were all getting very excited and very emotional. It was an awesome moment because you were healed, divinely healed instantaneously while we were sitting there reading the Bible. And I remember you jumping up and saying, we hugged each other and you said, can I be the first to tell the pastor? And I said, sure. And um, it was an awesome, awesome moment. And we were thanking the Lord for what had just happened. And we never experienced a miracle like that before. You were so calm and relaxed. And that night I remember asking you, because um, you were on medication and it was against the law to take you off medication just like that. I mean, you couldn't just go cold turkey. And um, I asked if you would be, did you want to take your medicine or did you want to stop it completely? Because God just gave you a miracle and you want to continue it and see how you feel or do you want to go off of it? Do you want to trust in God? And you chose to trust in God. And I said, you might go through some physical stuff, but we're going to have God to help us through it. We're going to pray it away because that devil won't take from you what you just received. And that night, then I told you to shout out loud, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you when you start to feel something, because by thy stripes you were healed. And we were not going to let him rob or steal from us. She was starting to have symptoms and you learned how to shout out. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke you by thy stripes, I am healed. And you were excited because you said, Mom, it works. The devil has to flee when you speak God's name. I says, that's the whole idea. I says, you're finally understanding. And God gave you an instantaneous miracle. It does, he doesn't always work that way. Sometimes it takes time and a slow amount of healing. Little by little, but... Yours was a divine on-the-spot healing. And you were delivered from that tick that was threatening to paralyze you. And it was just awesome. You told your testimony to the pastor when we went to church. And you became an, as normal as you could be person. You started living your life at age 17. And it was awesome. It was just awesome. If you were going to encourage other parents, what, what would you say? I would tell a parent not to give up and to seek God's face and to stay in the Bible and read and get to know your relationship with the Lord. Never give up and teach your child never to give up and to keep encouraging and praying and interceding for them when they don't understand. Help them to get where they need to go and do it until until it happens, because you have to be 100% sure in your mind. There is no room for doubt when you're on a mission to know that God's going to give you a miracle. You have to know it in your heart, in your mind. You have to feel it and know it. And it's, um, it's just a diligence that you have to keep at, because you're expecting. It's what you're expecting because God promised it. And once you know that and you learn to do it, you just go at it, go at it until you get it done. And I said, there was no doubt in my mind that this was going to happen. I just didn't know when. And that was the difference in flailing along before I heard what the pastor said to me. The words that he said to me were like a light bulb going off of my head because I was like, 
um, doubting. I was like, what if, or maybe you could pray over him, or maybe this could be done. But when I realized the power is in each and every one of us through the Holy Spirit, that's when I took charge and I, I started to um, get angry at the devil. And I said, you can't have my son. You can't have um, this house, this family. You're not going to disrupt all of us. And I would pray him away. I shouted him like an angry person having an argument with another person. But it was that, I was that determined to make him flee our house. We went through a lot of um, strange things, strange feelings. Um, doubt never entered my mind once I made up my mind. I said, but you have to have the, I said, the faith of a mustard seed. That's all you need. But it grows within you when you, when you learn to know and you focus on it. You're focused on it because you're, you're relying on the Lord for your event, for your promise, for the end result. And you know you're going to get there. So it's an awesome feeling. And I says it didn't take long at all, but I, I, didn't, I didn't bother to pay attention to the concept of time. I just knew sooner or later this was going to happen. And I, that's what I went on daily. I, it, revol it made my whole life revolve around scripture and, and persistence and prayer every day, every day. No matter what came up against us, I had to pray it away because I had to move that out of the way so that the miracle could come through. And that's what it took. And God finally honored his promise. And it was awesome. How did you do that? Um, being as busy as you were taking care of my grandparents, your parents, being a wife to dad. I mean, it, it just seems, it yeah. almost seems impossible. How did, how did you make that much time to pray with me and pray for me every single day? Because it was a mindset. I knew I had to do it. And I knew God was, was going to come through. You make time for the Lord. You have to make time. I, I talked to him all day long. I prayed in my mind. I didn't physically sit down or have time to maybe look through a scripture during the day because I was so busy. But I took the time, physical time, to sit down and pray over you when it became bedtime. That was my time with you to be able to pray the scriptures that I needed to pray for healing even though I prayed during the day, I said I really couldn't sit down and open up a book at work or anything like that. But at home, I said the time that it took to get you ready for bed, that's when I, I went at it the hardest. And God understood because that was the time I had. But I just was diligent with it every night, every night. And I said, you block your mind out to any doubt. I'm not saying that's an easy thing to do, but once you, once you understand it, and I said, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I can't even explain that. But in my mind, I got excited because I said, I, I can do this with the help of the Spirit. Not me, but through Jesus, through the Spirit. It's possible, and it's going to happen. So that stuck in my head, and I wouldn't take no for an answer. I refused to be brought down by the devil no matter what shape or form he came at me. And he came at us daily. Daily, daily. And it, it was a struggle. It was a big struggle. 
But I said I got angry. I got so angry at the devil that I shouted him out. I shouted him out, either in my head or out loud. I didn't care how I did it. Of course, when I was home, I shouted out loud. But but I was on a mission, and I had to complete that mission. And And it was awesome. And I can't thank God enough for that because he saved your life. He saved our life. He gave us normalcy and sanity back, and he gave us a life. And um, you're a walking miracle. Thank you so much, Mom, for sharing that with me and with the rest of the world. And I hope you guys were blessed by it. And as always, if you have a story of your own or if you know someone that does and you want to be on the podcast, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Send me an email at heartshareinfo at gmail.com or reach out to me via social media. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. I hope this podcast has blessed you. Feel free to follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook and share with your friends and family. Till next time and God bless.